0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU-Utah under 36 hours from kickoff. The Cougars, three must-accomplish tasks for a crucial rivalry victory. Get yourself ready for the 89th edition of the Utes and
1: Cougars with all-access awesomeness. What does ESPN analyst Brock Heward think of the rivalry, Taysom Hill, and Kyle Van Noy? Heward will join us in studio on BYU Sports Nation.
0: Plus, former Cougar receiver and now Utah assistant coach Aaron Roderick breaks down the Utah passing game against BYU. BYU secondary and delves in from both sides of the rivalry showdown. This
1: is BYU Sports Nation
0: on the BYU Radio Sports Network. It is Friday, September twentieth. Welcome, friends. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Coming it up, is Friday. Uh, it, you know, you know, it's a great day, R- Friday and rivalry week. I was just telling you, it's
1: about as good as it gets.
0: That, on Before Monday Friday. I was like, man, this week, game day. this week is going to go so slowly. But here we are,
1: Friday. And it's been too. it feels like BOE's played played a game, played Texas a month ago. It feels so long ago. Last week just dragged on and then this week's been a little more exciting. And obviously uh tons of tons of events going on, whether it was Spencer Hadley's suspension to Chris Badger his appeal uh went through with the NCAA. He can play for BOE, the Notre Dame transfer from Timfey High School in Provo. Uh, to the Wisconsin announcement, BYU uh, moved the 17, 2017 game to 2019, so games in 18 and 19 with Wisconsin. A lot going on this week leading up to the big game.
0: Now, the 2019 schedule at home is shaping up to be very tasty for Cougar super fans. Neato. Super Neto. Super <laughs> Neto. Okay, <laughs> we're off to a great start, aren't we? We've, we've already used super neato. Attaboy, Jerem. It's all
1: downhill for
0: me. Coming up in about 18 minutes, we're going to tell you about a new... Cool men's basketball event, a super neato basketball event that we are holding this year. Stay tuned for that. And then last night, I mean, listen, if if you like soccer even a little bit, even a little bit, we witnessed something that just does not happen.
1: I'll be honest, BYU was down two nothing. Kind of tuned out. Had some other things going on. Three three month old screaming. Wife is screaming. Okay, she wasn't screaming, but. We were all screaming by the end of this soccer game. So it's 2 nothing. You, you're you calling the game on BYU TV against Oklahoma. BYU's down 2 nothing. They haven't scored a goal in 300... They
0: scored one goal in 300-plus minutes, but it had been like 250-plus a... since they'd scored anything.
1: Yeah, one PK the last 350 minutes or something, like four games. Down 2 nothing. seven minutes to go, and that's where craziness ensued.
0: Yeah, the first goal comes from Ella Johnson, a d- freshman defender, Coming from the back line, fires a rocket off the fingertips of uh, the goalkeeper and goes in. So BYU trailing 2 to 1. Approximately 90 seconds later, Ashley Hatch, freshman phenom for BYU, taken down inside the box. She earns a penalty kick, which Paige Hunt puts away 2 2. And uh, you know what? In, instead of me. At that me, point, it's time. Instead of me reliving all of this, we're, gonna, we're just going to take you right to, right to the moment. Um, and I have all three. Yeah, hey, I got to hear all three. I got to be honest with you. I haven't heard this, so this this we'll listen together. All three. There's a shot and a goal. Ella Johnson delivering just when the Cougars needed one. It's not it. as Ashley Hatch breaks free. Is this the tying goal? Oh, Hatch taken down the box, and we will have a penalty kick. One on one against Cassidy Stady. Hunt approaches and scores. Kicked away, but BYU with Hatch, tipped, ball in
2: front, and put away!
1: Three goals in five minutes, BYU
0: wins 3-2. I I reached new levels of excitement in my broadcast uh, quality last night.
1: I don't think you got too crazy. We we talk about this, because I I used to do a lot more play-by-play than I do now. I do men's volleyball, but I used to do what what Spencer's doing, minus the football and men's basketball stuff, of calling all these Olympic sports. And it was fun. And you see, you see incredible moments like this, and that was incredible last night. But you're right; it's not an NCAA tournament, and it's not a, a, a PK to go to the final four. That you go up to a certain place. But I, I thought you were fair to that. That was that was pretty cool.
0: I mean, it was an incredible, incredible atmosphere. Keep in mind, Oklahoma. Not a great team. They lost to North Texas 5 nothing. Not awesome. Coming into the Pro Bowl game. And uh, I, I just want to say this last thing. Tom Homo came up to me after the game and was teasing me, BYU's athletic director, saying, Look, I heard what you said about North Texas. And he mimicked me, saying, This team lost 5 nothing to North Texas and BYU's trailing 2 nothing," And he's basically saying, Oh, ye of little faith, Spencer. And so, yeah. I had, That's just I,
1: stating facts. I. <laughs>
0: 7 minutes, 3 goals in 5 minutes time. Uh they they come back and win in the last seven minutes of the game just You didn't say stuff.
1: anything was uh, that was opinionated with that statement by the way.
0: I state the facts. <laughs> I state the facts. I hope Mr. Homo's living, uh, listening. Tom, I, I appreciate the uh the friendly banter. Glad that the Cougars uh got the big
1: victory. Friendly but, reminder, here's how you can listen to BYU Sports Nation uh on byu radio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, SiriusXM channel 143 and Dish Network 980. The show is on demand every afternoon on B- on youtube.com slash Radio.
0: That is how you listen, and this is how you join the conversation, my friends. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question at BYUtvsports.com. Juicy question for you today. Jerem, take it away.
1: What is the key to BYU victory tomorrow? Successful pass- BYU passing game, win the turnover battle, pressure Utah QB Travis Wilson, or other? Weigh in on BYUtvsports.com.
0: We've also asked you to give us your bold predictions on Twitter.
1: Uh, we want you to get crazy. As specific as possible, too. Not, not like, uh, BYU passes the ball effectively. <laughs> like, is going to pass for 300 Three, yards, that, or yards or 350 yards. That would be bold. Here's my bold prediction. Jamal Williams rushes for 150. Well, he ran for 182 last week. I think Utah's defense is better. So Jamal Williams rushing for 150 is my bold prediction. And How with Utah you?
0: most likely stacking the box. Yes. Okay, here's mine. BYU will win this game by 10 or more points.
1: That'd be the first time BYU beats Utah by double digits since at home since 91. 91. That's quite bold.
0: They haven't won any game by double digits against Utah since 96. But, yeah, at home, 91. 22 years. Ty Detmer was the quarterback. What?
1: We've already got some bold predictions. Uh, and keep them coming. At Kev Florence, Vannoy takes the Ute Tatler very personally, causing Travis Wilson to question his love of football. <laughs> <laughs> at Stevie PF22. Andy Phillips will either outright miss a field goal or have one blocked. He hasn't missed anything. PATs, field goals, nothing. That guy's been money. He's one for one on he onside. He's an
0: incredible cool. story, too.
1: So keep the tweets coming at BOE Sports Nation. Also follow us on Twitter at BOE Sports Nation. And with that,
0: we move to Rise and Shout. It's time for What's Trending. Topic one The Forward. Pass. Well, I'll
3: tell you, the thing that needs to happen for that uh, offense to be exciting is they need to complete a forward pass. Now think about this. They, <laughs> they had 550 yards rushing against Texas. Because of that, play-action pass should have completed at least 75% of the time, probably more like 85%. Simple yet
0: effective. ESPN College football analyst Trevor Maddich joining us on Maddich Monday and says obviously Taysom Hill needs to complete a forward pass only 33% after two games uh, in Taysom's uh, completion percentage. So the Cougars are going to have to get better in that area in a hurry. Now what we've decided to do for What's Trending today is discuss our three keys to victory. And the first one obviously comes with BYU's passing game. Can't emphasize it enough.
1: Yeah, and and these coincide with the poll question, so weigh in on com. We're going to talk to Brock Hewart in a moment, a former Washington Husky quarterback, uh, and he'll be the analyst on the ESPN2 broadcast. His, uh, his opinion on Taysom Hill and his arm, and can BYU rush the ball uh, to set up the pass against uh, Utah, so that should be interesting. But BYU is going to have to pass effectively. I don't exactly know what that means because if BYU is able to rush the ball, they of course they're going to have to pass the ball. They're not going to be able to rush it 72 times like they did against Utah. That's a product of success. But when BYU passes, they need to pass effectively. It's it's those uh, second second and eights where you you set up a pass. You need to get a chunk. You need to get five If you don't get a first down, you need to set up a third and manageable.
0: Yeah, and Trevor Maddich said that he's not even looking for yards after catch. He said if they they can just connect and go down, no yards after catch, then BYU will be able to move at that frenetic pace. Because an incomplete pass will slow down the go-fast, go-hard offense in a hurry. That's just (laughs) how it works.
1: Exactly. Topic number two and key number two, contained pressure on Travis Wilson.
2: Snap count for Ash. In some trouble. Van Noy gets him.
1: Dave McCann on the BYU TV game day replay two weeks ago against Texas. Kyle Van Noy sacking Texas quarterback David Ash. BYU got consistent, contained pressure against David Ash, who the week before had run for 92 yards against New Mexico State. Not a strong opponent, but still a, a mobile quarterback. BYU got to him with minimal guys, too. That's what surprised me. There were times BYU was a nickel with two down linemen, plus Vanoy or Fua, sometimes both, bringing three, sometimes four, and they were getting pressure on that experienced Texas offensive line that had a career 129 games started. That didn't matter. BYU got to David Ash. So can BYU get, and we say pressure, but also contained because Travis Wilson had great success on the ground last week going for 120-plus against Oregon State on the ground.
0: Okay, and to be fair to Travis Wilson and BYU's defense, uh, the matchup will and should be entirely different. One, BYU's defense better than Oregon State's, notably at the linebacker positions. I don't see Travis Wilson, even though he has a long stride and he got outside against the Beavers last week, I do not see him getting around on a regular basis around the edge against Alani Fu and Kyle Van Noy. I just don't think it's going to happen. Can you see a scenario where he outruns Kyle Van Noy?
1: No. Once, let, let's credit Travis Wilson a little bit, though. Once he gets going, he's actually tough to bring a down. Fast guy, long stride. Yeah, six, seven. Yeah, long stride. He's actually fast. It ju- it was just uh, frustrating if you're Oregon State watching him get around the edge consistently, and then he's gone. He was tough to tackle. He's a big dude and uh, has got some speed utah has got a good arm, too. Utah's
0: going to try and run the ball. Uh, they're not going to go away from that. They will, they will run the read option, just like BYU will run it, just to see how the Cougars are going to handle that. I think the concern for BYU is if you can't get pressure on Wilson, he's a good enough, polished enough passer that he will complete throws. He did have
1: three picks, but he's proven that he can throw the ball effectively.
0: He can throw a pretty good ball. So the Cougars, you mentioned they need to contain him, but there needs to be pressure. David Ash for Texas, he's a good athlete. Good quarterback, he's quicker than Travis Wilson and he throws a good ball, but the the Cougars haunted him all night. The BYU can replicate that even to a degree. It should work out nicely for the defense. And took Ash out of the game, didn't even play against Mississippi the next week. Topic number 3, win the turnover battle
1: where Utah's been cleaner, has been in those execution moments in terms of not putting the ball on the ground and not making the key mistakes that turn games around. And so Bronco uh, properly identifies uh, turnover margin and field position as the two key factors in this game.
0: Radio play-by-play voice of BYU football, Greg Rebel. He told BYU Sports Nation yesterday execution, and turnovers are key. And if you didn't hear the numbers that Jerem put together yesterday, incredible stuff on the turnover line between BYU and Utah.
1: BYU's negative 14 in the last eight years. That is Bronco versus Kyle Whittingham, basically, as the head coaches. And has recovered, BYU's recovered one fumble against Utah and been one. positive in uh, turnover margin in a single game in the eight years. BYU doesn't need to be positive. They just need to be even. Just even. Even. And I think in a close game, that makes a huge difference. If BYU rushes for 300 yards and throws for 200, turnovers won't matter. But in a close game, which 13 of the 15 have come down to the last play of the game, you need turnovers.
0: And while we're talking about Greg Rebell, uh, we had a great show yesterday. It is archived on BYU Radio's YouTube channel. Brett Kiesel of the Pittsburgh Steelers gave some fantastic commentary on Du and also on the BYU-Utah rivalry and his affinity for Lavelle Edwards and just a ton of good stuff in that interview, as well as Kalani Satake, former BYU player now coaching the defense uh, as part of the defensive staff with the University of Utah. Check it out, BYU Radio's YouTube channel, as well as the voice of BYU football, Greg Rebell, on the radio. Okay, now we're gonna have some fun, Jeremy, and and I'll let you you set this up because this was your master plan, and and this is a thing of beauty.
1: Uh, my oh, I don't know if it's my master plan, but we thought we'd have fun with this. So the <laughs> the following is edited and taken out of context. Just want to throw that out there. So on Monday, uh, Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham, uh, when asked about Kavon and Jamal Williams, said that they were special players, but they see. In, a, in essence, guys like them in the Pac-12 all the time. There's the buzzword. So the following edited out-of-context <laughs> soundbite, let's have some fun with this from Kyle Whittingham. Kyle, what do you think of Johnny Manziel?
2: Well, he's, he's doing a nice job. He's an impact player. And again, in the Pac-12, you got players that are, that are pretty good football uh, players that we have to account for. And so we'll just take our same approach with him.
0: So tell me about Jadavian Clowney out of South Carolina, C- crazy linebacker.
2: Well, he's, he's doing a nice job. He's an impact player, and, again, in the Pac-12, you got players that are, that are pretty good football uh, players that we have to account for, and so we'll just take our same approach with him.
1: Well, okay, a guy on your own team, Trevor Riley, really good player, how does he stack up?
2: Well, he's, he's doing a nice job. He's an impact player, and, again, in the Pac-12, you got players that are, that are pretty good football uh, players that we have to account for, and so we'll just take our same approach with him.
1: Okay, same approach. Okay, the, That was edited and taken out of context. Look,
0: Kyle Van Noy is not just any other player. Yes. It, he is a top 10 NFL prospect. He's going to get drafted early in the first round, most likely. You don't see Kyle Van Noy every week as good as the Pac-12 is. So... I don't know. Van Noy is a special player. You don't see Jadavian Clowney every week. You don't see Johnny Manziel every week. There are special players in the country, and KVN is certainly one of those.
1: There's a reason that Sports Illustrated, when they give their odds to win the Heisman, that Kyle Van Noy is one of ten guys included in that. And it was 150-1 to or something. But he is a special player. So we're having fun with that because we think it's a little silly. Now, Jamal Williams, I think he would be one of the top five running backs in the Pac-12. I'm not going to say he'd be the best in the Pac-12. But Jamal has a chance, after this, his sophomore year, still young, to go into his junior year as a top 20 running back nationally. He is second in the country in rushing yards. And if BYU keeps this up with him, he's going to be a household name by the end of this season. Now, Kyle Noy going into the senior year, he's legit. Could have gone pro, could have been drafted, I don't know, third round or so. It was it was going to happen, but he came back. And so we had some fun with Kyle at at Kyle's expense, which we edited and took out of context, but fun fun stuff.
0: Yeah, the Pac-12, look, we're not saying the Pac-12 isn't loaded with talent. I think they're the second best conference in America. Is. Look at Oregon, Stanford, UCLA, I mean, UCLA USC is still has a good defense. As bad as their offense is, they have a really solid defensive unit. There are teams that can play in the Pac-12. Arizona State, another team on the up and up. So we, we understand the Pac-12 is a great conference, but that doesn't mean... They face Kyle Van Noy every week. Uh, That's silly. Kyle Van Noy is a special player. Ask any other head football coach in the
1: country, and they will tell you that he is unique and dynamic. Yeah. Let's get some more of, to some more of the tweets at uh, fruiz801, William, F Ruiz eight hundred one. Jamal Williams bold predictions. These are our bold predictions. Jamal Williams rushes for two hundred yards, but Utah barely pulls off the win.
0: Why? Why, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Eric Biggert, close game, but a hungry KVN takes advantage of Travis Wilson, and BYU finally wins a turnover battle to pull it out.
0: At Howes, Joseph gets four sacks, BYU speaking of BYU, and a key turnover to win the game like the Poinsettia Bowl, but
1: better. At CG4 BYU. I think he gives us a stat and then his prediction. His bold prediction. 14-0 and rushing over 250 yards between Hill, Williams, CK. We gained 350 yards rushing, 150 passing, 35-14 BYU. Wow. Uh,
0: That is bold. Bold in bold. And we go to at Old School BYU. Run game prediction, 250 yards on the ground and three touchdowns.
1: Keep them coming, at BYU Sports Nation. Tweet us your bold predictions.
0: Coming up, ESPN's Brock Hewer joins the show, plus Utah passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick talks Ute passing offense against the Cougars passing D. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation.
1: I'm Johnny Harleen, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU
0: Radio. Thank you, Johnny Harleen. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following, at BYU Sports Nation. It's Friday. And you, I love the Montel Jordan song. I think it was 1994. This is how, this we, is do. how we do it. Oh, nice, Jerem. Nice. Yes, that's the song. Whenever a Friday comes around, I think about Montel Jordan and this is how we do it.
1: You think? No, Woo! you think about Jerem Jordan. That's what you think <laughs> about now. Montel, my uncle. What? No. Speaking of <laughs> Jordan. weird. Hoops. Yeah, that's right. Nice Boom. tie-in. Thank you. Nah, it was weak. Boom Shakalaka. What? That's the name of this new basketball event that we're going to do this year. The inaugural Boom Shakalaka, the BYU Basketball Showcase. What the heck is this? Friday, October 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern time, in the Smith Fieldhouse, a dunk contest, a three-point shootout, and a skills competition featuring live music from Can't Stop, Won't Stop, live on BYU TV, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler. October 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be awesome. Can you work in Montel Jordan the Boom Shakalaka? This is how we do it in the Smithfield House. <laughs> yeah. So join oh. us for that. Join us for that. Uh, this has been in the making for a little while. We're excited to announce it here. Um, Boom Shakalaka, the BYU Basketball Showcase, Friday, October 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. local in the Smithfield House. If you can't go, watch it on TV, but it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, I'll be tuning in from Houston. So thanks for scheduling that while I'm out of town. Exactly.
1: We look, when will Spencer be gone? Let's do it that the day before.
0: But I will be watching from the
1: H-Town. <laughs> and Boom Shakalaka, by the way, was just a joke initially for us at first, and then it became a reality. So that's the actual name of it.
0: Aaron Roderick played at Ricks College for two years before donning Cougar Blue for BYU from 1996 to 98. He is in his ninth season on the Utah coaching staff and is currently the passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. We welcome Aaron Roderick to BYU Sports Nation. How has Rivalry Week been for you, Aaron, thus far?
3: Well, it's been good so far. Uh, it's, you know Honestly, it's not a lot different than any other week. We, we uh, follow the same routine as always and just practice and prepare the same way. But it's a big game, and everybody enjoys being a part of it.
1: How's it been being on both sides of this, as a player on the BYU side, as a coach on the Utah side? And, of course, you were a, a, a grad assistant for BYU as well.
3: Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I've been a part of this. I've followed the rivalry most of my life. I've lived, lived most of my life in the state and um, got a great appreciation for it. I used to go to a lot of the games when I was a kid, football and basketball. uh had some ties to the University of Utah. When I was a kid, I was friends with uh, the Archibald family and used to go to the basketball games. And I've uh, just had a, had a great time following it my whole life, and I feel like I've got as good of an appreciation for it as anyone.
0: What makes this rivalry unique compared to some of the other notable national rivalries like Ohio State, Michigan, and Auburn and Alabama?
3: Uh, I think just how many people really are close to each other and know each other on both sides of it. Um, you know, there's just, there's so many, there's so many families that, that, uh, get divided over it that are on both sides of it. You know, you've got tons of families that have had members of their family go to one school or the other. You've got neighbors who went to one school or the other. It's just, I think it's just the proximity of everybody being so close. And, and, um, you know, I just think that it's for whatever reason, the two sides just don't seem to like each other very much, and that adds to the fun of it. Really, it makes it makes
1: it fun. Looking at your group of receivers, uh, Kenneth Scott obviously a huge injury, season-ending injury. Uh, or, or could he play this year? Actually,
3: no, he's out. He's done. He's, okay, it's a it's a, in fact it's a serious injury. I mean, we're 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 hoping that he's he'll come back. If anybody can come back it's Scotty, but it's a serious injury. He he'll he won't be he won't even be back for spring ball.
1: Wow. So a big blow with the yeah. loss of Ken Scott. But it seems like you have a capable group. Drez Anderson right now second in the country in yards per cash at twenty six point three. Sean Fitzgerald, Anthony Denham, Jake Murphy and others. What do you think of your group of tight ends and how do they stack up against BYU's defense?
3: Well, um our the receivers, first of all, I think have played well the first three games. we um, you know, we're we're not the fastest, most flashy group in the country. Uh, Drez can run. Uh, Anthony and, and fitzgerald are big, physical guys that make plays on the ball. I, you know, I'd love to say we could, you know, run right by people and stuff, but that's not really our thing. Uh, we've we've made our—we've uh, had some success so far this year by just executing, you know, and and running, being precise in what we do, and uh, our quarterbacks played pretty well. And helped us look good as well. And then, you know, like you said, those two tight ends are good players, both Leslie and Jake Murphy are good players who can, uh, do a lot of the same things our receivers can. So I think we, we can, uh, you know, cause some issues for teams the way we use those guys. We can usually find matchups on the field, even teams that want to play zone coverages. There's usually a mismatch somewhere, at least sidewise, because we've got some big bodies out there and, and, uh, the guys do a good job catching it.
0: What challenges will BYU's pass defense present specifically?
3: Well, they're just so disciplined. You know, they I think their their pass coverage is so underrated. Everybody talks about their front seven being so good, and, and it's great. Their front seven's probably the best we'll play this year, uh, probably the best we played last year. But they're very good in, in the secondary at what they do. You know, they they're disciplined. They don't give up big plays. They're good tacklers. Um, they just—they're really good in their zone coverages at passing guys off and picking up the next guy that comes into their zone. They're just—they're just really good at, at their uh, coverage schemes, and they're very good at disguising what they're going to do. So they'll show you one thing, and then at the snap of the ball, they spin to something else, and make you adjust on the fly. And it's—it's uh, a, it's a very well coached scheme, and very well executed by their guys. And I think—I think people don't appreciate their secondary as much as they should. Those guys are good players.
1: We're chatting with uh, Utah assistant coach Aaron Roderick. He's the passing game coordinator, receivers coach. What are your observations from the BYU Texas game, and what te- Texas was able to do through the air at times against BYU?
3: Well, my observation of that game was, um, you know, first of all, to, to beat te- the University of Texas by that many points, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. I, don't, I know Texas might be a little down, but still, if Texas' has got a whole roster full of players that we can't recruit, and I don't think b y u can recruit either so uh that was an impressive impressive display you know Texas got a couple throws down the field on them, but like those are hard to get and and uh you know they're they're hard to get because they they do a good job of staying back and then you know rallying and making tackles, and they're gonna make you earn it and make you march down the field and so um, you know, over the years, I look at the years we've played a lot of close games at BYU, and there's not a lot of big plays. You know, those games have been games of just grinding it out and chipping away and trying to get a first down and then trying to get another first down. And then, you know, they, I can't think of a whole bunch of big, big plays over the years. You know, and that's uh, credit to their defense.
0: The offense of Utah obviously found great success against Oregon State, put up 48 points in a tough home loss. But what kind of a difference has uh, the tutelage of Dennis Erickson had on the Utah team this year?
3: Well, I think it's funny to say this, but I, he brought a little swagger, you know. I think uh, we've always, uh, you know, we've always had the talent there, and, and there's been years where we were pretty good on offense. Uh, you know, we, we had a run, we had a run where we went thirteen and zero, and ten and three, and ten and three, and we were we were playing good offense in those years. Um, but we never quite had the same swagger that our defense had. I think uh, you know it was always kind of like we were the, you know, redheaded stepchild of the team. I think sometimes the guys felt that way. Uh, for for whatever reason, I'm not sure why. But we, Dennis, kind of brought some confidence and some swagger. You know, we still have a lot to prove. We've only we've only played three games and and we've played okay in those games. We're two and one, so it's nothing to brag about. Or we don't we don't feel like we've arrived at all. Um, but we do play with some confidence that I think has been missing and I think that came, uh, from credit Coach Erickson for that because I mean the guys accomplished so much and when he walks in the room and says, hey guys, we're going to do this and it's going to work, I think the players really buy in and believe in it and, and, uh, you know, but it's a lot easier said than done, especially against a defense as good as the one we're going to play this week. So, uh, we're, we're far from, from uh reaching any of our goals yet. We but but uh we're off to a good start and hopefully we can play a good game Saturday.
1: If you had pads to put on and and could play Saturday. How many how many plays could you go? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh wow. Uh I well I always tell in whenever we have recruiting meetings, I always tell the guys don't don't bring receivers to the table that look like me, okay? <laughs> We're not. I wouldn't recruit me, so I could probably play a few snaps, but I wouldn't put me in the game, so there you go.
1: You're tied with Skylar Ridley for, I believe, uh, 138th all-time at BYU with 25 catches, so there you go.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in good company, all right. <laughs> now Aaron
0: Roderick is never going to come on BYU Sports Nation again. Thanks, yeah. Jerem.
1: But Rick's, <laughs> Rick's college probably had more than 25 hey, in those ab- two years. Right? Abso- yeah. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I-
3: yeah, I was uh I was an average player at best. I know that. And um but shoot, I you know, you look back on it and really what it's all about is the the memories that you make, of, you know, playing hard and forming some good friendships with those guys you played with and and coaches that you played for and uh you know, in the big picture, it, I probably learned a lot by just uh, you know, trying everything I could, to, any way I could, to get on the field. I had to do anything possible just to be on the field. I had to, I had to really know my stuff and be prepared. And I think part of that was maybe why I ended up in coaching.
0: Aaron Roderick, thanks so much for the time. We wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors, and uh, wouldn't be surprised to see you as a head coach on a Division One program sideline Sunday, Aaron.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Aaron Roderick, joining BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate uh, the time. For the coach taking time out of a uh, busy week here on BYU Sports Nation, fun this week to talk to former Cougars on the other side of it and kind of get their uh, opinion on things. Kalani Sitaki, the defensive coordinator, and now Aaron Roderick, and of course some sound bites from uh, Kyle Whittingham. All three former Cougars on the other side on BYU side. It's Steve Kafusi, played at Utah, defensive line coach uh, now for BYU.
0: What a week of guests. It's
1: been fantastic. Ben Bagler, our producer, he's lined them up. He's been the man.
0: John Beck, Johnny Harlane Brett Kiesel, Aaron Roderick, Kalani Sataki. Coming up today, we got another good interview with uh, ESPN analyst Brock Heward. Uh, has some great insight into the game. He'll call it live on ESPN2 with an 8:15 Mountain Time start. And uh yeah, just it's it's been it's been a the week has lived up to the billing in terms of Uh, how to get ready for the rivalry.
1: And you look at next week, we're going to talk to Middle Tennessee quarterback Logan Kilgore, the head coach Rick uh, Stockstill, Trevor Maddich, Jeff Benedict, the author of The System, uh, this new college football book about the glory and scandal of big-time college football, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan. So we'll keep bringing it next week. So stay tuned to BYU Sports Nation if you aren't already. Uh, Let's update the poll results uh, on BYUtvSports.com. What is the key to a BYU victory tomorrow? And right now, leading the way, win the turnover battle, 52%, followed by successful passing game, pressure Utah QB Travis Wilson or other. Weigh in on BYUtvsports.com and keep those bold predictions coming at BYU Sports Nation.
0: I think every college football analyst we have spoken to in one capacity or another has mentioned turnovers at least being number 1 or number 2, and you can't argue it.
1: In these games that are so close, 13 of the last 15 down to the last play, Turnovers are big time in Utah's own BYU in that category. And what were the two games that were not close? What was the turnover
0: discrepancy in those games?
1: You would ask that without my, D- my document of statistics pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> Jerem's Geeky facts. Woo <laughs> Well, I know BYU turned to yeah I know, I know that Max Hall threw five interceptions and had a fumble in 2008, brutal. and then in 2010, I always forget 11, 2011, 11. That game, BYU turned it over, what was it? Seven six, times? Six or seven times.
0: So 13 turnovers alone in those two games. And they were and, blowouts. And
1: those are the, those are blowouts. No surprise. Yeah. Keep it
0: close. Keep the turnover battle close. And it will be a good football game. Up next, Brock Huard played quarterback at the University of Washington against BYU and is now an analyst for ESPN. He joins us in studio to talk Cougars and Utes. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation
1: on the BYU Radio Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio with Jerem, or should I say Jerem Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Very nice. It is Friday. I'm Spencer Linton. You can follow us on Twitter at Jerem Jordan and at Spencer underscore Linton.
1: We've got you covered for BYU and Utah. The pregame starts on BYU Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern. Countdown to kickoff starts at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. The game's on ESPN2 and BYU Radio at 10.15. Then BYU TV and BYU Radio have post-game coverage following the game. Our next
0: guest starred on the football field at the University of Washington between 1995 and 1998. He passed for almost 6,000 yards and 53 touchdowns as a Husky. As a result, he was drafted in the third round of the 1999 NFL Draft by the Seattle Seahawks. His name is Brock Heward. He joins BYU Sports mm-hmm. Nation. Brock, great to have you with us.
2: It's nice to be here. You know, it's fun doing this job now and getting out on the college football road. And there's some places that I go that I'm not real fond of, but this was a pretty good trip <laughs> way back when in 97, we came out here to open the year with the Huskies and and we had a good day. I don't want to rub it into the Cougar fans. Was, they probably well, 42, was not a great 20. day for them. Yeah, probably not yeah. a great day, but it was a beautiful day like tomorrow is going to be. And, and what a venue this is. So excited to come back.
0: It's interesting that you bring that up, Brock. I remember... I remember that game. You do? I came as a fan. And after you beat BYU 42-20, to 20, I believe you were ranked fourth in the country at the yeah. time. I did not like you
2: oh really <laughs> <laughs> what did I do
0: was it my Touch persona was I taunting
2: what was the problem uh, no nope none of that <laughs> your effectiveness
0: you just you just beat BYU all three times you played him in your career
2: yeah. You, beat him. Him. yeah yeah you know what's funny is Rob Morris was on that BYU team and then Rob and I played together in Indianapolis and we joked about that he hit me really hard in that game but thankfully <laughs> I got the ball out for a touchdown right before he waxed me but it was it was fun to play BYU I always enjoyed those contests and and i you know was fortunate to play in a lot of neat venues and i don't just say this everywhere i go this stadium is is top notch and and i'm really excited from a broadcasting standpoint to get in here and feel it i the apple cup i'm familiar with that i've called civil wars i've been in different rivalry games there's nothing like it both for the fans the players and even for us in the broadcast booth to get to enjoy it
1: and this is uh, an even bigger game given that byu and utah won't play the next two years and so the stakes are so high, and we've been talking this week a lot about BYU's been extremely open and forthright in saying that this is bigger than it normally is. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Vannoy and Cody Hoffman, these guys, you can sense kind of the hunger there. What are your, I guess, initial thoughts on the matchup between these two?
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and when, it, when the rivalry does go away, you, you want to make sure for this those seniors and the two you reference, they want to get a win. They, they're 0-3 against these guys, so they'd love nothing more than to find a way to have a win going out. I think, as well, the month of September, as I talk to these coaches, they're all still learning their team. Each season is different. The amount of turnover in college football, and you're figuring out who you are. And I think for both of these teams – that's still a question. Is BYU the team that played Texas and ran for 500-plus yards and physically dominated the point of attack? Or are they more like Virginia, where, boy, Virginia got after them, and once you stop that run, what else can you do? Who's Utah? Utah's thrown it all over the place, and their quarterback you know has caught fire, and they've been really good offensively. But usually, Whittingham's teams are good defensively, and, and that cost them has cost them uh, in, in the loss a week ago. They have a bye next week. They don't want to go into a bye week on a two-game losing stretch with the Pac-12 schedule coming so yeah i think you not only take in the storylines of the players and the personalities but just as teams this sets up to be a big one
0: brock you are joining byu sports nation spencer linton and jerem jordan here brock will call the game live for espn2 alongside mark jones on saturday night at eight fifteen mountain time kickoff it's a late start and it's in the primetime slot for good reason byu and utah uh garner a lot of national attention given the rivalry status What are you looking forward to most seeing? Uh, at least the matchup, whether it's BYU's run offense against Utah's rush defense or uh, along those lines, what are you looking forward to seeing? I'm
2: really looking forward to watching these two ends, to be honest with you. And, I, and obviously the game can be so quarterback-centric sometimes, and, and those guys, and there's neat stories there. But I'm really excited to see Riley on the Utah side. He's a fantastic player. And then Kyle Van Noy. I've called a few BYU games. I called a, a Hawaii game a few years back, and I have seen him play. And I, I think he is just tremendous. And what they do with him and how they move him around and I like I like the chess match I like watching these guys move their pawns and their and their rooks around and the bishops and see who can block who and how can you set guys up and getting him on the loose and yeah I really you know I I it's, it's not just that you love the star power, but when you've got two defensive guys that play the game the way both of those guys do, you know how they can impact it. And then to see how each coach both offensively uh, tries to script against that and then defensively put their guy in a position for success. That's one of the storylines I'll be watching.
1: Other storylines that stick out have a lot to do with BYU and what they can do offensively given what happened against Texas, which was 55 years in the making to yeah. set a school record 550 rushing yards against Texas. Taysom hit. The expectation is that Utah is going to do cover one, sometimes cover none, and load the box and make <laughs> Taysom throw. Do you share that opinion?
2: I think you have to mix it. If if I'm a defensive coordinator uh, going up against, and it's it's funny, some of my buddies are now coaches. John Kidna is a really good friend of mine, and John's now a high school coach out in the Tacoma area, and is in and he's like, I want my coordinator to blitz every play. I don't want the quarterback <laughs> to ever ever get comfortable. I'll give up big plays, but playing the quarterback position. The game's a lot easier when you know what you're getting. It's a lot easier, in my opinion, if you play zone and you know you read and react. Good, good. Let me get in rhythm. Let me get comfortable. I think, like Virginia, not that Virginia played cover zero and blitzed every play, but you better you better hit him and you better take the ball out of his hands. You better not let him get started, and then ultimately you've got to put him in a position where he's maybe most deficient right now, and that's going to be in that passing game. I mean, 33 percent passer. That that's the bottom line, and I know that Cody hasn't been a part of this thing but for me if I'm a D coordinator 75% of the time I'm bringing an extra guy and I'm hitting him and you're going to have to prove to us that you can beat us consistently in the passing game
1: do you think BYU can still rush the ball though in this game
2: yeah I think you'll have to yeah I think you absolutely have to will Utah tackle like Texas did No. No, that was that was tough. I, I, Texas has thrown some no-hitters, so it wasn't a surprise, and, and unfortunately got the defense coordinator uh, fired in that situation. That was a train wreck to watch. Uh, Utah will tackle better tomorrow night. They are a little bit more physical. And in this rivalry, like we've talked about, and the emotion that comes with it, usually tackling follows, or at least the effort behind it, which was lacking for Texas.
0: You call it a no hitter. That's hilarious.
2: I try. Yeah, every once in a while. That's fantastic. (laughs) I snuck that
0: one in on you. I may have to use that at some point in the future. Brock and I are working through some issues right now. We're connecting (laughs) as broadcast professionals.
2: You're at least smiling at Uh, me. That's a good start. I like this. It is.
0: It's water under the bridge at this point. Okay. It's it's been over a decade. Uh, Brock Hewitt also works for 710 ESPN Radio in Seattle. Kind enough to join us today on BYU Sports Nation. And I know this is a cliche question, but there are a lot of BYU fans that want to know, how the Cougars win this game? What are the keys to victory for BYU?
2: Well, what have they been in this matchup, and, and and what happens five years ago, ten years ago, really doesn't mean anything in this one tomorrow night. Yet that trend of the turnover is so critical, and you just cannot get away from it. The fact that what six of the last eight have been defined or finalized in the in the last series of this game, as the defensive coordinator Utah said, just fast forward to the final five minutes, right? Like an NBA season, man. Just fast forward to the playoffs. Just yeah. get me to the playoffs. I, I, you know, it's going to be late on the. Coast. I think many people would like to fast forward to the final five minutes. And and who's going to be clutching those moments? Uh, the fact that it's here in Provo is a help. There is no doubt about that. Just put on the game film and watch BYU at Virginia and then watch the effort at home. And it wasn't effort in Virginia. It's everything that goes with playing on the road and the challenge of doing so. So the fact that they're home, the fact that they're coming off feeling as good as they are about what they did in the run game, uh, Utah's got a lot to step up defensively. And, uh, and it's going to be, to me, the biggest thing story is will BYU be able to pass it effectively enough to at least keep Utah in their defense in a position where they've got to respect that and that should open up the run
1: finishing up with uh, Brock Huard uh, who will call the game on ESPN two. former Washington quarterback uh, beat BYU three times uh, the one loss in 96 Brock Huard came in relief uh, in that game but we we still like Brock yeah
0: we he's still a, like Brock he's a nice guy He's a really nice guy. You and were so, like now seven. Just, bro, no. bro, you were like six or seven years old he back then, four, okay? 14. Were you 14?
1: I'll 13. have you know, Brock,
0: I was a sophomore in high school that year. Were you really? You no.
1: ripped my heart out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but final question, Brock. Yeah. Uh, Ky- uh, Kyle Van Noy, uh, for BYU to be relevant nationally, you want to win, you want to be ranked, in, but you have to have star players too. And Kyle Van Noy is the star player on this team. What does he do so well uh, to to be such a star for you.
2: He does everything. He's versatile, and and I sent my producer a note earlier this week. We did a Georgia game a year ago with Jarvis Jones, and I said this guy is Jarvis Jones esque in the fact that he's going to play right end, left end. He's going to rush. He's going to cover. He's going to drop. He's going to do all of those things pretty pretty flawlessly and seamlessly. So when we talk about a chess match and how does an offense prepare for that guy? Well, it's not like Jadavian Clowney, who's th- right there all the time this guy is a tough target to hit tough target to protect against and talking to Dennis Erickson uh, at Utah yesterday I stopped by there on my way here and and you just know you know he didn't have to say it you just know that protection and finding where he's at on the field is priority number one for their offense
0: Brock Heward you can catch him on ESPN2's live broadcast of BYU Utah this Saturday night eight fifteen mountain time kickoff ten fifteen on the east coast Brock thanks so much for the time
2: I'm glad you're smiling at oh, me oh yeah and looking at me thanks guys
1: Brock Huard, appreciate the time uh, coming in studio here on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, just uh, adding to the great lineup of guests we've had this week and appreciate everyone coming on the show. Uh, Brock played in the NFL a little bit, too, with the uh, Seahawks. And he mentioned playing with Rob Morris with the Colts, which is great. And we appreciate Brock uh, joining us here. And in Brock
0: drafted 77th overall in the 99 draft by the Seattle Seahawks. Also played with the Colts a little bit. Finishes NFL... Uh, career with a passer rating of 80. Didn't see a ton of time, uh, but was effective when he did play four, four touchdown passes, a couple of interceptions. So,
1: yeah. The it's dude up-
0: could play. He said he peaked in high school.
1: Yeah, because he was a National Player of the Year or something. The He's National,
0: Gatorade National High School Player of the Year, the year after Peyton Manning.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good for uh, Brock. Okay, let's update the uh, poll results on BYUtvsports.com. What is the key to a BYU victory tomorrow? And the results are... Uh, win the turnover battle, leading the way at fifty-three percent, followed by successful BYU passing game, pressure Utah quarterback Travis Wilson, and then other.
0: What would other be? I wonder.
1: Oh, a myriad of things. Any other possibility?
0: Crazy special teams play. Not. Yeah, fun- BYU
1: rushing the ball effectively, uh, creating. Uh, you know, uh, kicking game. You know, the special teams plays. Thought returns. See, I think, I,
0: I think the kicking game could be very huge. Speaking specifically of field goals. Uh, Neither tri-
1: kicker has missed a kick through the first three games for Utah, two for BYU.
0: Yeah. Does anybody make a mistake?
1: Does BYU go to Justin Sorensen 40-plus? BYU hasn't made a 40-plus a yard field goal since 2011.
0: Wow. Has it been that long?
1: Yeah. Man. Zero last season. I, I believe it came against TCU. And that loss at Cowboy Stadium. So it's been a while. Does BYU even go go there?
0: Hey, before we go, just a couple of quick notes in BYU banter. Keeping your bold predictions coming. At Meredith Cody, he says, Chris Badger, the transfer from Notre Dame, will come into the game, will have an interception return for a touchdown, and reignites the Cougar secondary. I don't know if Chris is going to play.
1: That is bold. But we'll get to more of those tweets in a moment. Keep them coming at BYU Sports Nation. Coming up... What did BYU's three-goal comeback in the final seven minutes of last night's game? How did that happen? We'll discuss in a moment. And your bold predictions from Twitter. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: Now, here's the Cougar Whip Around. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Let's whip
3: it!
1: Soccer. Last night, the 11th-ranked BYU women's soccer team trailed Oklahoma 2-0 with seven minutes left in the game. And then magic happened. BYU scored three goals in five minutes and won 3-2 to win. Nice. Women's volleyball.
0: Huge match tonight for the women's volleyball team after defeating previously unbeaten Utah on Tuesday in Salt Lake City. The Cougars open up West Coast Conference play by hosting second-ranked San Diego tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I will have the call live from the Smithfield House. Huge matchup for the women's volleyball team.
1: And this week we've had an outstanding uh, assortment of guests, all of which uh, that were BYU players, uh, talked at length and uh, had interesting insights into the BYU-Utah matchup. Here's a little bit of what we've had this week on the show. Best of the best.
2: You can't go four years through BYU and never beat Utah. I mean, this is terrible. It's huge. This is like the Super Bowl. It's going to be a bloodbath, and we're going to show up for it and we're going to rally the troops. This is their one opportunity to play Utah because they're going to go
3: junior and senior season not playing them. So this is it. This is their you know one game. They don't like us, and we don't like them, and um, that's okay. The only thing going into the play, I felt really good when we broke the huddle that something was going to happen. I didn't know what it was going to be.
1: Once the ball was coming towards me, I knew it was over. I wasn't going to drop it. But
3: that Harleen play just ripped. The heart out of the chest
2: of every Ute fan. And it was beautiful. <laughs> Being seniors, this is the last crack at it.
1: Just a taste of what it's been like this week. Brian Keel, Kyle Vanoy, John Beck, Johnny Harlane, Trevor Madich weighing in on the rivalry. BYU and Utah tomorrow night, 10-15 Eastern on espn Two. Pre-game coverage on BYU TV at 9 Eastern, BYU Radio 8 Eastern.
0: It's been a great week for BYU athletics in general. I mean, between the miraculous comeback by the women's soccer team last night and then the volleyball team winning at previously unbeaten Utah on Tuesday, they host number 2 San Diego tonight. Wouldn't it be something that the volleyball team can pull off a a week with wins over undefeated Utah and second-ring San Diego?
1: Yeah, if the Spencer Hadley thing stunk, if that doesn't happen, this is a fantastic week, and if BYU beats Utah in football. Wow, what a week, you know, overall. The Hadley thing really sticks out to me as something that, ow, you know, wow, you know, that just stinks for BYU's defense. But Utah was a good volleyball team, win. Oklahoma, nice comeback. Tonight, big game against San Diego women's volleyball, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
0: If you haven't seen the last seven minutes of that soccer match, you can watch it on BYUtvsports.com. I'll
1: tweet out a link again like, just to go to the end. It's it's fun. Seriously.
0: If, if, I I don't care if you hate soccer. Like, the last seven minutes are insane in a great way if you're a BYU fan. On the other side, you have to fill for Oklahoma. They're looking for their first signature win. 83 minutes of the game, they're up 2 to nothing,
1: And then BYU, BYU women's soccer happened.
0: Three goals in a five-minute span. <laughs> Just incredible stuff. You do not see that in the game very often.
1: Let's wrap up with uh, some tweets. Uh, this one has nothing to do with the bold prediction. At CVD6262. Dang, I am here in the dentist chair without my earbuds. Oh,
0: <laughs> wah
1: wah! More bold predictions. Here we go at Harris or at
0: H. Collier, eighty-eight a defensive player from either team will be ejected for targeting. I really hope that does not happen.
1: At Eric Bigert, who weighed in earlier, but he says, KVN keeps up in the stat in every category role and has an INT, sack, fumble recovery, blocked kick, frogs, locust, darkness. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's, that's my favorite one What? Tonight. At chess Sports, my bold prediction, Kyle Van Noy will have the best game of his career. Better than San Diego State in the Poinsettia Bowl? That's
1: impossible. Okay. No, that, that would be quite the feat. At MBM Sting, BYU gets three interceptions, six plus sacks, and at least one defensive Whoa. TD. That's
0: extremely bold. Whoa. That's borderline crazy, but I like it. Bold prediction from Shang De King. BYU will score a touchdown on special teams. Okay, see, that one? That's feasible for me.
1: Yeah, those are good. Uh, we want to tease what's coming up next week. We'll chat with Trevor Matic on Monday, Jeff Benedict, the author of The System, The, the Scandal, uh, and Glory of Big Time College Football. Uh Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, uh, Middle Tennessee quarterback Logan Kilgore, head coach Rick Stockstill. So it'll be a good week next week.
0: Very quickly, uh, some predictions uh, from Stuart Mandel, Sports Illustrated college football writer, says BYU will win twenty eight twenty seven over Utah. And for my producer Ben Bagley, uh, who who is an Aggie, uh, he has predicted that they. The Aggies will go into USC and beat the Trojans. Fantastic.
1: Today's rise and shout, by the way, goes to the women's soccer team. Just a great comeback. And at UCLA Grad 90, this is Jamal Williams' mother, Nicole. Her bold prediction. BYU wins by 10. Kyla has four sacks. Jay Swag Daddy, 200 yards. Taysom throws for three touchdowns. Got to love the moms. Yeah, big thanks
0: to our guests, Aaron Rodrick, Brock Heward, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller, and Spencer Elvis King, and our
1: engineer Aaron Evans. For Spencer Linton, I'm Jerem Jordan, and the rest of our crew, thanks for listening to BYU Sports Nation.